I don't know whether to. I think I'll wait and give you these later because I know y'all and y'all will be tempted to sit there and read them. Y'all are saying, yeah, y'all admit, you admit it. I can't believe that you admit these things. Hallelujah. So uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, y'all all know that, and uh, that what God has put on our heart to do is to host a move of God in Alabama. And uh, that's just our assignment. Hallelujah. Different uh, churches have different assignments. That's our assignment. And I want to tell you some of the things the prophets are saying. Uh, uh, not about that, but about uh, just in general. One of the things that's being declared and said is a billion soul harvest. A billion soul harvest. This is a global harvest, not just in the United States, but a global harvest of a billion souls. There's seven million people in the world right now. Seven billion. A billion. Seven billion people in the world right now. And uh, one billion are 20 and under. Under 20. Hallelujah. Now, this global harvest is well underway already. Uh, in, but it's just that the Western West, the Western side is lagging a little behind but in a lot of the nations of the earth like brazil and peru and argentina a tremendous harvest and souls being saved and tremendous revival underway so a billion soul harvest will be 15 percent of the world population and so uh if you take i figured this up roughly correct me if i'm wrong but if you take 15 percent of tuscaloosa county that would be 33,000 people saved. About 33,000 people saved. What are we going to do with them all? Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. So there's a massive global move of the Holy Spirit. And the church has to be ready. Hallelujah. And that means praying and preparing our hearts and lives and preparing ministries and churches. And uh, one person said it's going to be the greatest awakening in human history. The greatest awakening in human history. An awakening is different than revival. An awakening actually affects a nation or affects the culture of the nation. It changes uh, how a nation operates or, or, or how a nation uh, does things. And would you all say America needs a change? I mean a change of culture, a change of uh, a change, an awakening that changes the whole way we think, the whole way we do business. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. The, the, one of the things the Lord said to me, now I didn't read this or anything, the rest of that I read, but the, it says the, church, the Lord said to me one day, He said the church has been in constant revival since 1948. You know, 1948 was when uh, uh, Israel got their land back. And uh, we know that in 1948, this is historically recorded, that a great healing revival broke out in 1948 and went through the early 50s. Now, there's always been move of God, but that the church in the United States has been in constant revival since 1948. However, and you know this, uh, it, it is, um, it's not touched every part of the church. You know what I mean? Hey, did you ever miss out on something, found out later it happened? I know my family missed out on a lot of it. And some of you that came in, we got in on the charismatic renewal. But in the 70s, I didn't even know the Jesus movement was going on. And one person I read after, he said that the Jesus movement was the biggest awakening that America's had in a couple of hundred years. Since the, you know, Jonathan Edwards and all that. And uh, 
awakening. So, and I didn't, I just really wasn't, I just wasn't tuned in that the hippies were all getting saved and awakened. Hallelujah. But there was a huge move of God. And a lot of the people that we see now and we respect, they are the children and that we listen to. They're the children of those, those hippies that got saved in the Jesus movement. So pretty amazing, isn't it? But the church has been in some sort of constant revival. Hallelujah. Since 1948. But it hasn't touched every part of the church. And I don't ever want to be a, I don't ever want there to be a revival going on in America that doesn't touch us. Do y'all? Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. In the, uh, uh, so we talked last week a little bit about a revival culture and, uh, what is revival. And I, one of the things I said that revival is, is a move of God. Is you know in its simplest forms, there's all kinds of. Uh, one person said, if souls aren't getting saved, it's not a revival; it's a renewal. And uh, you know, renewals are good too. I know in the uh, late, I guess the late '60s, early '70s, there was a renewal that went through. We called in the Baptist church, we called it lay renewal. And uh, what happened was a lot of Baptists and Methodists too. It touched the Catholics too, big in the Catholic Church, got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So they were saved, but they got renewed and got upgraded. Hallelujah. Got baptized in the Holy Ghost. And some of us got thrown out of our church. You know, well, we got the, you know, we didn't get totally thrown out. We just got what was said about us was, well, we're going to get him basically so we just wanted to leave with peace so we left but anyway so uh hallelujah but we still we still love our baptist brethren even the ones in back in that town where we were growing up in that hallelujah and now they love us and you know praise god hallelujah but they weren't loving us so much that year because we were we were ruffling their feathers with this baptism of the holy spirit hallelujah so we talked about having this culture, and we talked about how what a culture is, but that a culture is shared values, shared goals, and practices. And one of the things we pointed out that in the South there's a culture, but within the South there are many uh, different cultures even within the South. I've noticed that, like if you like these big uh, news organizations that usually are located in New York and places like that, that they think everybody in the South is of the redneck culture. They do. And, you know, and it's like if they want to get somebody to talk about something in the South, they go down. One I saw on TV, they go down to Greensboro and they found uh, somebody in their bib overalls and snaggled tooth and tooth tobacco running down their mouth. And they give that as a reflection of the South who doesn't speak plainly, you know, and they reflect that cause that to be. They don't go up to the University of Alabama and, and, you know, get uh, a doctor of law to give an opinion about the South. And, you know, we also, we, you know, you know there's a culture even in the South, a Louisiana culture that is totally different. Barry could testify of that. He's a Louisiana man. Hallelujah. You're not claiming it? Okay. <laughs> He's renounced Louisiana. Oh, my. Hallelujah. But anyway, there is a culture, especially in South Louisiana, that we don't even, you know, it's like, what they say? I'm like, I don't understand what they're talking about. Do you? It's, I can't figure it out sometimes how they talk. And uh, <clears throat> Hallelujah. So it's interesting. 
and we love all people. We're not making fun of them. We're, we're glad. But uh, just pointing out that there are cultures. And uh, so in the church, though, there's different cultures, too. And what we want to be in is a culture of revival. And so I, I said all that to say, you know, a way of thinking, a, a group of people with shared values, goals, and practices, sharing a passion for the same thing. And we want to be in a culture of revival here in the church. Amen? Okay. And we want, without a culture of revival, a revival or a renewal can come, but it will be unsustainable. In other words, it'll last a couple of months and it'll be over. And then we'll all go back to thinking like we used to think. But we want something that when God comes in and He moves and He does something among us, when we have a guest speaker, any or, you know, if we just have a Sunday morning service and pastor speaks or Wednesday night service, whatever, we want it to be where whatever we get, we are able to sustain because we have the equipment, we have the way of thinking, we have the practices that will sustain this move of God. Amen. Are y'all with me on that? Okay, so sustainable revival. And that means one of the things in order to get that, especially we've just been introducing this culture of revival, is that we devote time in every service and every prayer time uh, to promoting and talking about the culture of revival until we eat, sleep, drink, and breathe revival. Until we are revival. Hallelujah. It's not something we're praying for. It's something we are. And, uh, you know, we want to not be in the something's coming group. Oh, you know, great revival's coming. No, great revival's here. Hallelujah. So we, but we need to, first of all, we need to be a revival ourselves. Hallelujah. And uh, we just need to get out there and be who we are in Christ. How, who we already are. Like Laquina did. Just go be who you are. Hallelujah. That's who we are. That is normal to us, to lay hands on the sick and they recover. And we're not even shocked and surprised. We're excited, but we're not, we're not surprised that it worked. Oh, my Lord, it worked. You know, no, that's what the Word says. We expect the Word to be true. Every part of the Word, hallelujah. And so we want to have this culture, and we want to be able to sustain it. So uh, we talked about the culture of family that... Uh, that we're not an organization, neither are we an institution, but we're a family. And it's not a closed family, though. It's like Psalm 68, 6, God setteth the, soli God setteth the solitary in families. So we, everybody God wants to set in here, we're all about it. We're not a closed family. We don't bark at strangers. You know, they say that's one type of church that barks at strangers. I don't even want to be that. That's what they told us when we learned about church growth, that some churches bark at strangers. We don't. We, we, we are, uh, uh, we are uh, not a closed family, but we're a family. We learned that God's government is family, that the government of heaven is family. God's all about family. Uh, I, we used to sing a song a long time ago, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Hallelujah. Uh, aren't you glad you're a part? So we talked also about, and I'm kind of reviewing a little bit, and then we'll get to the finding and connecting to spiritual fathers and mothers. And also connecting to and finding spiritual sons and daughters. 
Hallelujah. We talked about how you have to be a a spiritual son before you can be a spiritual father. And one thing we have wrong in America right now is we have a whole bunch of people that didn't have fathers and then they don't know how to be fathers. And so we have all these kids that really don't have fathers and they're orphans. They have an orphan spirit about them, even if dad's there. You know, if he doesn't know how to be a father, he, you're gonna, they, they can have an orphan spirit. And everybody needs a father. And thank God we have a heavenly father. And God is set in the body people that are called to be spiritual fathers. The men in this church are called to be spiritual fathers. Hallelujah. And so praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We launch off of spiritual fathers and mothers. Their ceiling becomes our floor. Brother Hagen was one of our spiritual fathers. And he... Um, he is gone to be with the Lord, but we don't walk beside Brother Hagen. We stand on his shoulders. He, his, his ceiling is our floor. In other words, the kingdom of God is progressing. So if we just walk and just do everything Brother Hagen did and never know anything more than he knew, that, that is not what he wanted, and we would, we would be out of order. In fact, that could actually be sort of an idolatry or something. But uh, we stand on his shoulders. We are, hallelujah. And we're pressing on. We're pressing higher. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. So we need to position our heart as a son or daughter. One of the things we've learned is there's no shortage of fathers in the body of Christ. There's only a shortage of sons. People that know how to be sons or daughters. When I say sons, I mean sons and daughters. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then we talked about last week the another revival culture, number two revival culture, and y'all are familiar with some of these, the goodness of God. And we talked about rooting out all the religion in our lives and all religious thinking about God, about who He is and how He does things. And the church is really mixed up. I'm talking about the entire body of Christ on who God is and what he does and what he doesn't do. We have a whole bunch of people that thinks that, man, you do bad and God will throw a lightning bolt faster and, and get you. God's going to get you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And they're pretty happy about it, actually, that God's going to get you. You know, we just kind of rejoice if somebody's in sin and we think God's going to get them. Instead of, um, you know, the Bible says, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one. And if he told us to restore them, looks like he would be wanting to restore them too. Is that how y'all see it? And uh, so we root that out. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, uh, we need to redo our thinking. Get a renewed mind that the Lord is good. He's always good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we know that Romans 2, 4 says, The goodness of God leadeth to thee to repentance. So that's what, that you know, hallelujah. One of the things we need to just say over and over to ourselves, God's in a good mood. Did you know he's in a good mood tonight? And tomorrow he'll be in a good mood. And the next day he'll be in a good mood. And even if, some, if, they, if they find another scandal in Washington, he'll still be in a good mood. Hallelujah. It's so amazing. Isn't it amazing? Hallelujah. Jesus, we remember this, Jesus perfectly represented the Father. That's what the Bible says in John, that he was the perfect image and representation of the Father. And think about this, that Jesus never turned anyone down who came to him for healing. 
He never said later. You cannot find it in the Gospels where Jesus said later. Or he said, now listen, I'm really teaching you something from this. So you need to going to have to suffer for, with this for a while. Jesus never did that. And guess what else he never did? Jesus never used his authority to bring a storm or to increase one. When it was storming, the Bible says he spoke to the storm. He spoke to the waves. He didn't say, come on, go a little faster because these people aren't receiving me well. And, you know, and hey, let's see if we can drown a few. No. <laughs> but when the tornado comes to Tuscaloosa, a whole bunch of people said, that was God. Boy, that was God. He sent it. Hallelujah. You know, and... Uh, and it, or if they don't say he sent it, they said, well, he allowed it. Well, one thing we can say for sure is he has given the authority in the earth to man. So he allowed us to, he allows us to speak what we want to speak, and he will not reverse it unless we do. Over our own bodies, hallelujah. Oh, by the way, I, I right before we started, well, um, no, in prayer tonight, in prayer, and I want to give this out. Um, I, just as I shut my eyes, I saw tissue, not like skin, but like tissue, like an organ, like something that was opened up. And this tissue was healthy. And I just, I don't know who that's for tonight, but I just want to encourage someone with that and maybe more than one. The, the Lord showed me healthy tissue, healthy tissue. It was pink and it was alive and it was it was not it was hallelujah. So take that word for any organ of your body that you need healthy tissue. Amen. Praise God. So people are taking that all over. Okay, um, just wanted to throw that in. We don't reflect. We don't reflect light. We shine. Hallelujah. Rivers flow out of us. Get this in your thinking. God is gooder than you think. Even if that's not good English, it's wonderful. God is gooder than you think. So we got to change how we see him. In the darkest of times, God is absolute good. And one of the things that, uh, the, you know, we saw this video and they encouraged us to start praying. And I hope you're praying this. Start praying, Lord, surprise us with your goodness today. I just love that. I'm like, Lord, surprise us today with your goodness. I'm, amen. Psalm 136, verse 1, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endureth forever. Don't we love that? Hallelujah. Okay, so now we're, we're, now we're caught up, I believe, to where we were. I couldn't find anybody in here that really remembered. Y'all are going to pay. Hallelujah. Number three, uh, revival culture, joy and hope. We want a culture of joy and hope. Uh that means that we laugh at the lives of lies of the devil. When the devil tells us a lie, you're not going to make it. Ha <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You're not going to have enough money to make it through the rest of the month. <laughs> Hallelujah. They're laying off people at wherever. Woo, hallelujah. Y'all aren't laughing very good tonight. Hallelujah. But remember, we sat around the tables in the hospitality room one night, and we just laughed at that. Hallelujah. You know, let's just laugh at that. Hallelujah. And I would venture to say, that's been a couple of months now, that you might have heard a lie or two from the devil 
since then. And you need to, I'm reminding you tonight, start laughing at the lies. Hallelujah. It's probably, the doctor's doing a test. It's probably cancer. Ha 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 ha. Hallelujah. So joy and hope. There is hope for every person. We got to get that. Now, you know, you have to renew your mind for that. There is hope for every person. There are no hopeless situations. I remember pastor preached when we were, uh, we were in a different building. I remember he preached a series called Always a Way to Win. Anybody remember the series? Yeah, hallelujah. Always a way to win. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, one of the things we do is we're changing our mind until we have glistening hope in every area. What would glistening hope be? To me, glistening hope would just be just extravagant hope. I'm just filled with hope. I'm just, there is nothing but hope in me. I'm just totally filled with hope in every area. Hallelujah. Every part of our life where our hope is not glistening, we have believed a lie. That quote comes from Francis Frangipan. I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of him, but he's an old timer in the body of Christ. Every part of our life where our hope is not glistening, we have believed a lie. Hallelujah. So we have to root out the lies we have believed. Nehemiah 8.10 says the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I'm going to pass these out now. Garland can pass them out. And we're not going to do this here, but I'll give them to you now. But we're going to rate our hope levels in several areas. And you can add to these areas, but this will just help you. When I took this, it was like, I've always thought about myself as a very... Uh, positive person. I don't feel like I'm negative. Other people might say, yeah, you're negative, Miss Debbie, but uh, I don't feel like I am. Hallelujah. I live with Mr. Positive. Hallelujah. Pastor Positive, I'll say. I live with Pastor Positive. Pastor Positive. Hallelujah. But I, when I took this, I was like surprised that my hope levels in some areas were lower than I thought. If I got real honest, you know you can't just take these quick. you got to sit down and think about it. Now, truly, what is my hope level where it comes to having victory over debt? How high is my hope level truly? I mean, when you get home, not when you're in church and saying, Oh, praise God, supernatural debt cancellation. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. But where's our hope level in these areas? And then on the back, and uh, well, we're not there yet, so I won't tell you that. We'll just move on. And so the expected outcome for having this, this high levels of joy and high levels of hope, teaching ourselves to laugh every day, and I laugh many times a day and uh, laugh out loud and finding things to laugh about. One way is to just get with your body. There's people in the body of Christ. I have some friends that are just funny. We have several sets of friends and, and one of the ladies is just, she makes me laugh. Hallelujah. So we just schedule to have lunch with them every once in a while so we can just crack up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. But then we have a set of friends, and they're kind of like us. They're, I'm all, they're serious. You know? Hallelujah. I can read the comic section of the paper and not laugh. It's like, well, that's not funny. Hallelujah. So in this 
course I'm taking it said to uh, find uh, something that makes you laugh. And so I'm like, okay. And they suggested, one thing they said was the far side made them laugh. I thought, that doesn't make me laugh. That's not even funny. You know, and so it may make you laugh. But And I'm not coming against you if it makes you laugh. It's just like, that doesn't touch my humor. But, you know, and that Jim Carrey guy, I know Colin, you know, he just thinks he's hilarious. And I'm like, I don't find that funny at all. But you know what? I looked up and it, I just was cracking up. I was laughing so hard he could hear me in his office. I was reading Aggie jokes. Because I'm from Texas. And we used to tell Aggie jokes in Texas. Like y'all tell Auburn jokes here. Hallelujah. Although I've re- I have resigned Texas too. And now after all these years that we've lived in Alabama. But we told Aggie jokes there. And so, and they cracked me up. And e- anytime you want to, you can just substitute Auburn in for Aggie. No, we wouldn't want to do that, would we? But now Aggie's in the SEC, so we can just tell Aggie jokes here in Alabama, can't we? Hallelujah. (laughs) And you know what? We went to West Texas State University in south of Amarillo in... uh, What? Canyon. Couldn't even think of the town. Anyway, that's where we went to college, you know. And... uh, Or that's where we started out. And now it's West Texas A&M. So they're Aggies. (laughs) So by adoption or something, I'm kind of an Aggie, I guess. And he's an Aggie. No, no, no. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know how that works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then we went to Texas Tech, so we're Red Raiders. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We never really were Red Raiders. We just weren't interested. I don't know why, but we weren't. Okay, so and then we came to Alabama, and when we came to Alabama, we weren't interested. And as soon as we got to Alabama, somebody asked me over at uh, the church in Birmingham, said, who are you for, Alabama or Auburn? I went, I I don't know. I said, "Uh, let's see. I like Burgundy better than Orange, so I guess I'm for Alabama. (laughs) And I didn't know I was going to move to Tuscaloosa, so I chose right. (laughs) But I chose by color the first time. I don't know. I know that's... (laughs) I know that sounds crazy. But anyway, our expected outcome, our lives will be infu- our expected outcome is that our lives will be infused with hope and joy. Everywhere we go, we change the atmosphere with our bubbling joy and glistening hope. So are you bubbling with joy and do you have glistening hope? And we need to change the atmosphere. We went to mugshots the other day and we're sitting there and the waiter came up and he said, "Well, how are y'all doing today?" And and we just answered like we'd normally answer. We weren't even paying attention. You know, we had Carter with us. We're just kind of, and we just said, oh, great, thanks. We're just, you know. And Michael said, oh, we're just doing awesome. And we're not even looking at him. And he said, really? He said, you don't get answers like that very many times. And we said, oh, yeah, we're great. How are you doing? And, uh, you know, but the thing is, if I wasn't doing so great that day, that's still what I would have said. I sure wouldn't have told him I was feeling, <laughs> I mean, what it, it, I, I guess that some people give them their life history or something. Okay, number four, moving on to cultures, is the culture of honor. A culture of honor. And uh, Pastor's been talking about this a lot on Sunday morning, but we'll just review some things. One of the things is honor attracts honor. If you're an honoring person, you're going to attract honor. And honor releases life. And we know that, and let's turn there. We'll turn in the Bible. Hallelujah. Ephesians uh, 6. 
Honor releases life. That's what it says. Ephesians chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Verse 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So honoring releases life. Wellness is life. Living long is life. So well, honor, when we honor father and mother, and then we can go through the scriptures and find other places, and we'll do that in a minute. It releases life. And one of the things that honor means is that every person has a glory. Even if they're not born again, even if they're in the county jail down here, they have a glory, but you have to look for it. Some people's, the glory in some people is covered up with a lot of junk and trash. And you have to look for it. And there's probably some people in your life that just have acted awful. And God wants you to look for the glory that's inside of them. And find that, you, at first you may just find that one thing. And the, and the thing you find may not seem that it's all that glorious, or all that positive. I know there was one person that I'm looking for the glory in their life. And I just was looking. You know, I'm talking about I'm sitting meditating before the Lord and I am... And I'm saying, Lord, show me the glory in them. And I'm thinking about them. And I'm looking. And I'm looking. And I'm looking. And finally, I had this thought of they are a fighter. They always survive. They've had a lot of bad things come to them in their life. But somehow they always fight themselves out of it and they survive. And I said, well, that's something that is a glory in a person. Hallelujah. To not give up. To keep going. And survive. And so that was one glory that I found. And that may not sound all that glorious, but that was what I could find. And you find what you can find. And you then you you uh you draw you endeavor to draw that out of them. And one of the best ways to draw that out of a person, that glory, is to start to tell them. You know, you know the uh, an awesome thing about you is this. An awesome thing about you is this. Now, some people are so easy. We could just sit here and t I could talk about Annette's glory all day long. Because she just got, she just oozes, uh, you know, positive and joy and loving people and kind. And I mean, I just, you know, Garland, you got a good catch. You did. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. I mean, I believe it. I mean it. Uh, so when we find a glory, but even in that, with all the glory that's in Annette, she still needs us to draw it out of her. Amen? So, and here's another thing about honor, and this helped me so much because I had a couple of people, not many, but a couple of people in my life that I'm like, I, I don't think I can honor them. I, you know, I was polite. I was civil. I'm never mean to people, but just to feel honor in my heart for them and to try to honor, it was difficult. And the Lord, here's what it is. I can honor because I'm honorable, even if they're not. I can honor because I'm honorable, even if they're not. And there may be some people in your life that you have to honor that way. 
I want you to notice in Ephesians 6, that where we read there, that this is the first commandment with promise. Pastor pointed out that it's actually the fifth of the Ten Commandments, but it's the first one that has a promise attached to it. That's what God said. He promises us something if we will honor, and that is that life will be released. And you know, it's not just life released to us, but actually it will release life to them. And that's what they need is life released to them so they can come out of this bad situation or whatever it is that's causing them to be so ornery or whatever, however words you want to use for it. Romans 12, 10. So it's not just father and mother that we're to honor. And of course, that father and mother would not just be our natural father and mother, but those spiritual mothers and fathers that God has given us. Hallelujah. But Romans 12, 10. And you know, we'd have, we don't even have to say that in this church, but you'd be surprised how dishonoring some people are to their pastors in other churches. You know? And I wouldn't say that we'd never been dishonored, but it has been rare in years past. And we've been in the ministry since 1982. So uh, Romans 12:10, Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. So one another, thats that would be all of us. Not just honoring, but preferring one another. In other words, I prefer you above me. Oh, hallelujah. That'll take your faith. Hey, you know, we live in a very selfish society. Uh, i just soon run over you as look at you. The, uh, a lot of the mentality out there. Hallelujah. You know, you can be walking into Cracker Barrel limping and on a cane, and there'll be people trying to knock you down and get in ahead of you. It's like First Peter 2.17. Uh, in, and uh, especially it's like, uh, the I've noticed that uh, women are worse than men. I, one thing I will compliment the men of Alabama, uh, many of them are very, very kind about opening doors and I really see that in the culture and I'm really amazed at how kind some people have been with me when you know I was having problems walking and everything and so uh, I was but I've noticed some women especially like young 20 somethings it's like man can you be any more rude and uh, thinking about you know we're just caught up in thinking about ourselves and also, we're just caught up. We can't even think. We don't even know what we're doing because we're talking on cell phone while we're trying to walk, you know. we got a cell phone glue diary, so we're really paying no attention. So, amen. <clears throat> First, First Peter 2.17 says, uh, Honor all men. So, that's good. Say all men. That means women, too. Love the brotherhood. <laughs> Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Honor the king. Honor the king. Do we have a choice? No, we have a command. Honor the king. Thank you, Jesus. We, we can honor because we're honorable. Amen. The root of dishonor is pride. The root of all dishonor is pride. When you fear someone or compete with someone, you will end up dishonoring them. If you fear someone or compete with someone, you will end up dishonoring them. Always receive honor when it is given. Now, we've been kind of taught the opposite of this. But when honor is given to you, receive it. 
we 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 kind of say, oh no no no, that would be wrong. But it, it's not. It's a it's a it's gracious to receive honor. If we say, um, if we were to say, if like if someone was to say to you, Hallelujah, you have a beautiful voice. That was a wonderful song. It really touched me. You're supposed to say, thank you. I, I'm so glad it blessed you. And then here's the thing. You receive the honor, but you go home and you give all the honor to God. Amen. But here, here's what we don't want to say. Oh, no, no, no. It wasn't me. Really? It wasn't you? Who was it? You know, that's kind of stupid if you think about it. Or say something even more dumb like, it wasn't me. It was just Jesus. Somebody said the answer to that is, well, it wasn't that good. <laughs> and if you think about it, if Jesus sings, it's going to be perfect, isn't it? <laughs> wasn't that good. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't, that wouldn't be honoring to say that, but you can think it. <laughs> so we always want to be an a honor receiver. <laughs> A gracious honor receiver. And the expected outcome of honor, of the culture of honor, is releasing life by recognizing the glory in others. So we pr we're going to practice that. Hallelujah. We're going to practice that. We're going to start looking for the glory. I want you to go home. I want you to think of all your kin folks, and I want you to say, Lord, <laughs> I want you to say, Lord, show me the glory. In every one of my family members. Hallelujah. If you go to the jail and jail ministry, every one of those men has a glory in it. And they're, they're probably spiritual orphans. No one's ever released the glory in them. Hallelujah. Praise God. And it's our job to find the glory. Draw it out. Amen. This will be, be fun. We can do this. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now on the back, we're not going to cover that tonight because I think it's time to move on tonight. But uh, on the back of that, rate your hope levels uh, is uh, rate your current level of risk. And next week we'll talk about uh, risk and faith. Like my granny said, if the Lord tarries. If the Lord tarries. In other words, he don't come back. We're not raptured out. We will talk about risk and faith being a culture uh, next week. Hallelujah. And we're getting ready for the stone throwers. They're coming um, June 22nd, Saturday night at 530, Sunday morning 1010, and 530 on Sunday night, and Monday night at 7 o'clock. So June 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, stone throwers from Austin, Texas. We love them. They're, they've been. They were good to us last year. They'll be good again this year. Hallelujah! I, the Lord said some things to me uh, about some of you. I just got this when I'm. The this is what uh, Eric. The Lord said to me about you. I just wasn't expecting it. Came this afternoon. You are further along spiritually than you think. You're more anointed than you think. You are more prepared than you think. And you have a DNA. A heritage of revival passed down to you from your great-great-grandmother, your great-grandmother, and your mother. And you, you are the first man on that side of the family to ever obey God. Hallelujah. 
So I release that glory over you. That D- I release that DNA in you. And I release that revelation to you, Eric, that you're further along spiritually than you think, you're more anointed than you think, and you're more prepared than you think. Hallelujah. And Pam, I heard this. Your prayers are heard. Your prayers are heard. Hallelujah. So keep praying. I release a new and fresh anointing to pray to you. And don't get discouraged. Don't get weary and well-doing. Your prayers are heard. And Melissa's not in here. Okay. Somebody tell her this. Uh, Your prayers are more powerful than you realize. Hallelujah. So we release more and more and more and more powerful prayers to Melissa. And Jennifer Schaefer, the Lord said this. He said, God says, the God, here's what he said. He said, you're pure. God says you're pure. She's not in here either. Hallelujah. Somebody tell her. Everybody's in the nursery tonight. God says you're pure. So we release that to her. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Did anybody else have something tonight? Have a word? you have a word, Pastor? Thank you, Jesus. Let's just bow before the Lord for a minute and see what He speaks. The Bible says when you come together, one will have a song, one will have a psalm, one will have a revelation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Does anybody in here... uh, know that it was you about that uh, fresh uh, fresh living tissue it's you you're one of those there might, I think there's more than one actually I really believe so Wesley that's you hallelujah well we bless hallelujah whatever's happening Let, Eric why don't you go lay hands on Wesley and we just release that living alive tissue in it, whatever organ it's needed thank you Jesus thank you Lord Anybody else say, I'd like to be prayed for tonight? Would you like to be prayed for, Joan? Okay. Uh, Leanne and Annette, would you go pray for Joan, please? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else raise their hand that I didn't see? I was looking over here. Anybody else say, I'd like to be prayed for? It doesn't have to be healing. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, while they're doing that, would you pass these out, Garland? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Why don't y'all take her out there where the bookstore is and minister to her? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We appreciate that. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody, when we bowed our heads a while ago, did anybody hear something or get something? They need to release. Did you, Pastor? There's been a an expectation rise up inside of us all in these days, in this time. And what's been revealed is our place. Instead of just being part of a whole, there's been a joy rise up in all of us from the Word that I have a part, that we all have a part. And um, I, I'm not real familiar with this, but I, uh, I saw a, a, like a, an architect... If he's going to have a building, he will have a, a bundle of blueprints. And on the top one, it'll be the whole thing. It'll show the whole building from some perspective. But there's a whole bunch of pages under it. And as you turn it over, 
it'll show the electrical and it'll show the plumbing and then it'll show the you know all the different parts of the top and uh I will bring those pages into clarity and focus, saith the Lord. I will show you your part. The details have been worked out in heaven, and I will reveal how you fit and how we fit and how my kingdom will come to closure in power and in glory. And you will see that those things that have been said to you and things that you have said of you will absolutely fit in the day of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn this back to Pastor in a minute, but let's go ahead and do these declarations. Hallelujah. These are declarations I've been making, and I think you'll love them as much as I do. And we'll say these together, and we'll start and just we'll just go down the list. Ready? I have dynamic relationships with spiritual fathers, mothers, and sons and daughters. I am participating in a family, not just an organization. I am a glory-carrying son, daughter of the king. God is good all the time. The wrath and judgment of God were poured out on Christ so that his goodness could be poured out on me and manifested through me. God's goodness leads to repentance. The joy of the Lord, which includes hearty laughter, is the secret to my strength, health, and longevity. There is hope for every person, including me, and every situation. I consistently ignite hope in others and in myself. I am in a church that is increasing in joy and hope. I am replacing the lies that lead to hopelessness with truth that creates hope and joy. Turn over. Honor releases life. I am experiencing increasing revelation of the power of honor. I consistently recognize the glory in others. Because I walk in humility and so honor wherever I go, I experience an increase of honor in my life and ministry. I run at my Goliath because I have a big God living in me. I consistently provide others with an encounter with God. I am a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. My risks do not result from an impulsive personality, but from a revelation of how big my God is. I do everything in faith. I do not withdraw my faith after I pray or minister to someone. I take a risk in Jesus' name every day. I lead others on an adventure of risk and faith. My life of risk matches my life of faith. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, that's something good to do all the time. Make those confessions. And let's just make them and watch our lives change as we make them. Praise God. Praise God. Well, it's good to have all this review put back together. Get it all in one place at one time and, uh, and keep ourselves in adjustment. You know, we all have to keep adjusting. You, this isn't like you just get it so you can pass the test. How many of y'all crammed in school so you could pass the test and then, then you pulled the lever and dumped all that out so that you, 
Well, anyway, that's what I did. I, I know y'all. And I actually, and I just feel like the Lord says, don't give up hope. You're going to be dancing. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I kind of thought, I was going to write it down, and then I kind of thought, oh, you know, is that just me? And then the Lord reminded me of it, right? Just then. Thank you, Lord. 